Welcome back to another episode of Ales with Aslan, your weekly therapy session for those who sell for a living and those who help those who sell for a living. And I am super excited to have an old buddy, John Ferguson, back in the house talking selling in the pandemic. John, welcome back. Great to be back. Yeah. Whatever back is these days, but it's good to be back. Yeah. Crazy, crazy times out there. Uh, I thought today we'd have a pretty unstructured, but kind of... uh, you know, share some good news of things that are going on in the selling world. Um, you know, maybe give a little glimpse of what uh, life could be like in this new normal and talk to somebody that's out there on the street every day selling for a living. And I, so I, uh, I'm excited to get into that. But first, John, as you know, because the program is called Ales with Aslan, why don't we look at what you have there that's uh, frosty and refreshing? Yeah, so th- this is interesting and a bit of a stretch and I'll tell you why, but it's from what's called the Bell's Brewery. It's a lager of the lakes and from the Midwest. So that's referring to the Great Lakes. Yep. Uh, Bohemia Pilsner. And honestly, I had to kind of dig deep in the refrigerator and it occurred to me that this was a housewarming, you know, or a kind of a party gift. So who knows <laughs> if it's good? It's beer. Somebody brought it. Um, and it reminded me that that uh, it's time for an Instacart delivery because uh, what I expected to find wasn't there, but I did find something. <laughs> well, it's funny because um, it will surprise no one that I am back uh, with a Sam Adams product again. There you go. Um, that is uh, the last time I went to the store, I bought a big case of uh, Sam Adams variety. So today I'm going to enjoy a Sam 76 lager. That's smooth and crisp. Um, they call it crushable. Mm. I, 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 I'm not going to crush it, but I am going to drink it. Uh, it's 4.7% alcohol by volume. So let's get that open. There you go. Sounds good. Put that in my now famous Coke glass that I drink from every week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something harkening back to the college days, it feels like. With that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. It's always very refreshing. Good. Well, good. So, so welcome back, John. It's always good to have you on board uh, the podcast and talk a little bit about selling. And, you know, as we were kind of thinking about what we wanted to talk about today, um, I was thinking about some of the stories you've been telling me of, of clients, you know, coming to you. I mean, I know you've, you've done some great outreach in terms of, you know, staying current with your customers. And we can talk about what you're doing to, to, to do that, to stay relevant, to, to be helpful, to be present for them in this time of downturn. Uh, and that's kind of coming back in spades for you when customers are saying, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd love to do something with you, but I don't have time or money really. And mm-hmm. so you're, you're forced to be so, so, you know, somewhat creative with that. So why don't we start with like, you know, some of the things, some of the tactics or, or tips that we can give our audience of things that you've, you know, sent them or, or messages you've left on voicemail and, maybe some of those things that might be helpful to the folks that listen to, to the pod. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting and a great place to start. I hadn't considered that before we started talking or even doing this or even you mentioning it. But if you take a step back, I think like everybody, and it's a, probably a good reminder that, that not only do I facilitate for Aslan, I also sell for Aslan, meaning I, you know, I have to carry a bag, go close business and then facilitate it. Yep. So like everybody, I was nervous. What does this mean? Not just for my customers, but of course, not to be self-centered, what does that mean for me if I can't sell? And that's certainly on the mind of everybody. And what will our role be going forward? And, and what will the customer's business look like? Meaning, will they be alive to even uh, 
want to do business. Yeah. Some of that uncertainty is still there. I mean, you know, if you look out over long term, maybe through the summer and into the fall, long term, what will the pipeline of business for our customers be like? That's a little bit uncontrollable, but yes, that's on our mind, but what can we do now? And um, one of the things, and it kind of is consistent with some of the stuff we at Aslan have put out through the whole network of Aslan, uh, kind of funneled through you and part channeled through you in terms of, should you be selling? Is now the right time to sell? How do you sell virtually? And yeah, the first thing was, hey, you know, where is a customer on a spectrum? Because clearly there were those on the spectrum that was all about, I'm trying to get into next week, next month. Now's not a good time to talk. There were others on the other side of the spectrum that not literally, but we're in a space like selling N95 masks who were saying, I can't spare a minute of a day That's right. for you to even entertain this. But there was a lot in between. And for the ones that were in between, the first thing I did is I simply reached out and I said, um, I'm here. If you want to talk, if you have some an idea, if one of your sales team members wants to talk, um, let's brainstorm it. You probably have a lot of questions. I do too. I'm not sure I have the answers, but but maybe working through some of this might be helpful and may be useful. And I got an overwhelming uh, response back from that. And it probably should be noted because it's not something I like to say. One of the things I put in the email was, I used a little bit of sense of humor. I said, there's no charge, of course. I'm just like you want to, I'm trying to fill the little space in the day. If you'd like to chat about this, I can help. And so I got a lot of calls. Yeah. And some were right, just like I asked, like, yeah, let's talk through this. What should I be doing? Am I thinking about the right things? And others said, you know what? We're not dead. You know, we're not 100% alive, but we're not dead. And uh, we may need some help. But they said the help that we need is not going to be a full day, full two day, full three day, full anything yeah. uh, for a couple of reasons. One, can't get anybody on a plane to do it. And of course, we say, well, problem solved. We can do it virtually. Yep. And then two was uh, time and then money. And, and, um, and then strategically and surgically going after what we can do. So I got a lot of things like, would you be flexible? Could you solve? 25% of what you typically would want to work on if this were normal times. And um, working with you and others within Aslan, we tossed it around and we said, sure, why not? And if yeah. we're gonna, if you take what we might do in, in totality and you break it up into full chunks and somebody wants 25% of that chunks, is it, would it be nice to be flexible for 25% of that chunk? And we did. Yeah. And we started doing that. And to great uh, help to customers, great uh, big thank yous from customers for being that flexible and uh, great use for the marketplace to help their teams succeed in, 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 the, in the environment we're in uh, for as long as we're gonna be in it, however long that is. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I think of just sitting in the seat of a sales rep, people might be thinking, well, what if my business isn't that flexible? And I would just say, mm -hmm. be creative because yes, we're consultants and we, and we sell, you know, um, we sell our expertise. I mean, John's, mm -hmm. 30 plus years of being a sales VP has got a lot of value. And so it is up to you, John, to, to, to do with that knowledge, what you will, and you can, and you can give away parts of it now. And, you know, you know that if you are the trusted advisor of, of those clients, they're going to come back when they do have money to spend because they're going to want your expertise to help them. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're doing a couple other things at Aslan that I think are interesting that may give some people some creative ideas as well. Like, you know, we've had this online learning thing for a couple of years. And as you know, John, we use it mostly as reinforcement, right? For big accounts that, 
that uh, we can either use it as pre-enforcement or reinforcement to, to a workshop that someone like yourself might do. But, you know, we just woke, woke up one day during the pandemic and said, look at all the salespeople out there that just have time on their hands, want to learn. This should be available for all of them. So, you know, we just went into the, the product lab and, and, re, and rejiggered some things and made that available for a pretty low price on our website. And, and you can go learn about that but anybody can get it. You don't have to be a big customer to get that. Like, what if I'm just a realtor that wants to take advantage of this downtime and learn how to sell better, learn how to influence people better. And so if you're out there sitting in your seat, listen, you know, thinking about your small business or your, or your patch that you're you know, responsible for, think creatively about what you can do now, maybe for low cost or no cost, mm-hmm. that builds that trusted advisor relationship with your client, because that's the kind of stuff that's going to work. Yeah, and I, it's an important point. Um, um, everybody's flexibility will be w- w- varied depending right. who you work for and the size of company you work for. But I would say this, um, if I were a salesperson, I would, I would stay extremely connected uh, to my boss, meaning who, my leader and my company, because uh, I know and I can tell you that even, even, our, even my big Fortune 50 clients are being extremely flexible with their customers. Yeah. It doesn't mean they're giving away the farm. It doesn't mean they're discounting things 50%. It doesn't mean things are on fire sale, but it means things like terms, packages, timelines, uh, features. If you up, try to upsell features, those are all becoming flexible items that, you know, if you, in the spirit of good discovery that we talk about all the time, you, you ask a question around the customer is, you know, is there something we can do that makes this more palatable now? You might be surprised at the answer you get. And by be surprised, I mean, it may not be, well, I need it for 80% off. It may be just, hey, can I push, can I get an extra 30 day on terms? Can I do something like this? And the worst that's going to happen is somebody on your team or in your company may say no, but at least you presented a way to keep the customer alive with you, generate an order or two, and, you know, live to, as we say, live to fight another day as we begin to put, hopefully, this behind us more than it's in front of us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that's a great example. I mean, the, the terms one I, I hear actually fairly regularly and one that I heard just recently was there was no, there was no disagreement about the, the price. What they said was it would really help us if we could just bill that in four consecutive months instead of all at once yeah. and just spread there. there. And so just being that kind of flexible, we still get the revenue this year. It all works out fine. Um, yeah. We'd love it all up front. We earned it, but that's, that's okay. You know, we, if we can, if you can be that kind of flexible with something like terms, great. But other things, you know, and I love to, to go back to sort of where we started this, you know, other things that you can do to stay relevant with your clients. Um, you wrote a great blog, um, as I remember, uh, I can't remember the exact title, but about Dr. Fauci and mm-hmm. his ability to influence, uh, you know, this was what, six weeks ago, probably. Yeah. Um, and I remember you telling me the story of just sending that, that out to people, um, you know, it can be any article that you see. If you know your clients as well as we should as sales, we should know our clients as well as they know themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Then there's stuff you're reading every day that might be interesting to your clients. And so even if it's just, and I'm not saying do this every day, we do not want to barrage them. But, but if you read something that you think is interesting, you see a chart, you, you see something that looks like maybe the pandemic is taking a turn relative to their business. There was a great Gallup, um, I think it was Gallup, um, uh, chart that I saw the other day that showed software companies 
are actually in positive growth for the first time in the last eight weeks, year over year. They're the only industry that can show that. 2% up year over year last week. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, let's, let's celebrate that little good news if we're in the software industry, right? Because that's, that shows that that's at least one that's pandemic resistant or not, not staying down. Uh, maybe there's other companies that are, that, are, that are not having that kind of success. But I think that type of relevant content delivered to the right people in your network at the right time can be very, very interesting. And I know you've had some success with that. Yeah. Yeah. And the article was written in the early days of this where I was, you know, uh, it doesn't matter what side of the equation you're on, if there's even sides that I was more impressed with the communication and the driving receptivity. And I always look for ways that I can, or somebody else can explain that better than I, when I, when I work with my teams on that, but how important driving receptivity first is to any communication. And of course, in sales, we're in the ultimate communication seat. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think I would build on that and just say that, you know, sometimes, and, and I would be ready for this in, in terms of our communication, communicating in our sales role back to the company, back to our companies we work for, sometimes our customers are going to reach out and help us innovate <clears throat> by what they ask us to do. Right. Um, I just had a client today who <clears throat> called me, says, John, we want to do something. And, and to be honest with you, I had not reached out to them other than this article that you, you had mentioned. So maybe that was a little bit far for them, but their customers have helped them pivot. And they went in, their business before COVID was one thing and then it was kind of more text driven. And now it's more audio and visual driven because it's telehealth and kind of getting into that space. And they said something that I thought was very powerful. There were many customers that didn't give us the time of day pre-COVID that are now giving us the attention we could have only dreamed for. And, and, and that's because what the customer needed has changed. And so therefore they evolved their business. Now, what role do we play in sales? We're typically not in R and D or, or product design, but we're communicators. And if we're hearing something that our customer wants needs or something we could be doing, let the, let those know who can make a difference uh, because uh, everybody I can tell you is open to ideas right now on, on what to be doing you know, short, medium, but even long-term as it relates to the products and services um, we all sell, whatever that is. And this, this, is, this is why, you know, I, you hear me harp all the time on this podcast about how important the relationship between the seller and the sales manager is. Because when you partner up on coaching sessions to develop yourself as a rep, but also brainstorming business ideas, the sales manager can go to the sales VP or the sales director with ideas like what you're hearing from clients. If you make them, I'm sure you and I've both been in sales leadership roles. There's nothing better than hearing, you know, from, from the front lines, what customers Mm -hmm. are asking for. It doesn't mean you're necessarily going to do all of it, but it's always interesting to be able to take that back. And I've had seats on the other side back in product development as well, where the best thing you can get is feedback from the field. Now, as a product person, you may want to talk directly to customers and find that out and not listen through the eyes of, a, through the ears of a sales rep. But starting that dialogue is not hard. And I, so I agree completely with what you're saying. Be ears wide open right now. You, mm-hmm. might, you might be one of those companies that changes forever because of this in a very positive way, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I agree. And maybe to spin it back to kind of where we started, this idea of being flexible I mean, you have kind of, there's more than two, but if you put it into two choices, I mean, you could stick your hand, head in the stand and sand and say, you know what, let's wait till we recover. We can come back out at full price and my customers will be there. We all know what that's going to, what's going to happen. And, 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 and which is not a good result. But the problem with that additionally, of course, is that it leaves the room 
the door open for those that are willing to be flexible. That's right. So suddenly you wake up and whatever this is we're going through and whenever we get to some level of normalcy, whatever that's going to be, customers are going to remember those that were flexible. Oh, yeah, we asked, we asked you for 25% of what you did. Now we want the other 75% yeah. if you were flexible. If you said, no, we're going to hold firm, it's, it's, it's everything or nothing, well, they might go find somebody who is flexible. And again, that means many different things for many different, I mean, if you sell cars, you can't sell 25% of a car. I get that. But there are other ways you can be flexible. And I think just a good uh, awareness around that, um, high radar up on that is, is it will serve you well. Uh, and customers notice that. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And those, there's other things too, like, you know, this is an interesting opportunity to experiment um, with things that you don't, you know, you've never done before. Uh, and one thought I was having was you and you and I've been on a project together uh, where we sort of outsourced um, uh, telemarketing. Like we have not used telemarketing in, I don't know how long um, at Aslan, but you know, just smiling and dialing, you've got some time on your hands and I'm not saying you outsource this, but you, you and I went to a company and trained them. And actually because of the downturn, you've actually had a lot of time and you are way better at selling this after all the years you've done it than I am. Uh, and you were able to really spend time with them and, and help them. And, you know, five decent meetings came out of that because of your diligence and helping them out. And I think that's another example of, you know, that's not your job to train an outsource company for, yeah. for us. Um, and yet you did it willingly and you get, you get leads out of it and that's all cool. But um, that was sort of an interesting change in direction for you and your business and what you have time to do now that you never had before, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really about taking, you know, uh, taking control of things you otherwise probably couldn't take control of or being helpful in a way that kind of helps everybody. What I mean by that is, you know, you could take the position that, well, we're paying you go make calls. And when you get leads, uh, hand them over and I'll do my best to convert them and, and, and pay you as convert. That's the typical model. And, you know, you talk about what once was that, is now is, you know, prior to this, would I have thought about jumping on a Zoom call and giving them 45, an hour, an hour and a half of my time to make them better sellers of what they do? And of course, that then would include us, meaning our products and services. Maybe not. Maybe the competition for that time might have been airplane rides, late night dinners, uh, other pressures that come with that we might not be having. And, and so how can I help them help us is by saying, okay, one way that I can help them sell, which helps us sell, I'm talking about Aslan now, is to invest time in getting them good at communicating what we do. It is, after all, what we do for a living. So it's probably wise here to put the money where your mouth is in some ways. Yeah. But it's all about what are you doing with your time? You, like I said, you can sit with your head in the sand and say, boy, I hope this gets over soon. I'm ready to go when it's, when it's, when it's over. Or you can say, who knows when, but this is what I can do now uh, to, to keep my relationship with the customers alive or warm or get a piece of what they otherwise might spend in the hopes that they'll spend more later. And they often do, or at minimum, just keeping a connection so that uh, when they feel good, they call you. And I think that's the most important thing I take away from these discussions is, you know, sitting idly um, and hoping things improve is not going to get you anywhere, but being thoughtful and, and thinking through, you know, it's, it, we talk about it, ad nauseum in, in most of our content and our podcasts and our workshops is that you're, you're other centered about it. You're, you're worried about what's on their whiteboard and what challenges your customers are having and how can I help? Now, if I sell, you know, 
ice and these are Eskimos right now, my ice is not going to be super helpful to them in, in that analogy. However, maybe there's something else I can do that teaches them, you know, long-term, you know, how their business might evolve. And, you know, I'm, cause I, I sort of carry a bag here too. I actually have clients. I, I run marketing, but I also sell. And I have just forced myself to check in regularly. I'm not saying daily or weekly. I'm just saying check in regularly with my clients and I can tell you, I don't carry many, but my five clients have all appreciated that in some form or fashion with just, you know, yes, I still want to do this or, you know, changing what they are, are in need of today, whether it's terms or whether it's, you know, some of the things we talked about earlier, or it's just sending them an article that might be helpful that, that gives them a perspective that they hadn't thought of before. I just feel like sitting on your hands is the absolute wrong thing. Hoping nothing changes is the, you know, is, is the wrong thing. If you're hoping that deal that you, that you closed early in the year is still going to go through and you're not checking in, I think you're making a mistake. Yeah. You just got to be proactive about it and be the trusted advisor with that company that we always aspire to be. And, uh, and I think that's just a, that's a critical takeaway, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And it, it goes to, uh, I don't know if somebody particularly said it or if it's just been written a lot. It's like, you know, if, if are you a mouse after a piece of cheese or do you want the whole factory? Right. Yeah. And uh, if, if you're just nibbling at the corners and what can I sell you today? And, and, um, and uh, I'm not willing to invest long-term with you. And, and part of that long-term means when we're in situations like this and it could mean little or it could be nothing, you kind of miss the factory and you just get those little bits and bites, which, which won't serve you well in the next time that we're in it, that we're up against the wall and there probably will be. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. So part of it is, is, and cause what you're also saying is this sitting on your hands is easier than reaching out to clients who you've got a pretty good, um, you've got a pretty good gut check that this is going to be just a kind of a handshake email, meaning this chances of them buying is slim. That's not even your, that's not even your um, necessarily intent. So therefore it isn't, top of mind, but it still takes time. And so, and you said it best, the customers remember that. Um, you're invited into that inner circle. You have a seat at the table longer if you continue to treat them this way as well, then everything is about a sales call or an opportunity. You know, it's funny as we kind of bring this to a close, um, I was listening to Tom Stanfield, our CEO. Uh, he was on uh, Selling Power. Uh, he was doing like a CNN style interview with uh, their founder, Gerhard. And uh, he used this analogy, which, you know, was kind of funny at the time. He said, you know, a lot of people are going to get a bad reputation as being the ambulance chaser in this whole mm -hmm. thing where you're just following people around and looking for, <laughs> you know, trying to create something out of their pain. Yeah. He goes, I prefer to think that if you jump up front and you're the ambulance driver, you're getting them to where they need to be from a health perspective to get them nursed back to health. Yeah. You're in a much better place. And I love the analogy because I think if we consider ourselves someone that's just trying to help them through without respect to what it means to our pocketbook right now, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. that we're going to be more true. Our, our motive will be transparent. We will truly come across as the other centered seller that we want to be. And that ultimately they'll remember that they, they may not remember everything we said during the pandemic, but they will remember how we made them feel. And so I think that's a critical takeaway and kind of a fun little analogy that may, maybe helps you cement that in your mind. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. No, I, I agree. Ambulance chaser is a, is a good way to, I mean, if there's revenue out there, everybody's chasing it because yeah. everybody's nervous about getting it. Um, I mean, that is a key motivator, unfortunately. And, and sometimes we just need to take a step back and say, you know, let, let me first help you. Let me understand where you are in this process. 
And then if I can help, be happy to. And I think where we started this conversation is if that helps come, if that help is only delivered or only can only happen because I need to be flexible, whatever that is from whoever you work for, uh, that's something you need to consider and will pay big dividends long-term. Absolutely. Well, this has been great, John. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. Super fun uh, talking about, you know, some of the uplifting things that can be going on right now. There may be some light at the end of the tunnel. Um, you know, things seem to be making, uh, you know, a little bit of a turn. The curve appears to be flattening. And so, you know, mm-hmm. these are just some, some helpful hints and thoughts from us, those of us that do this for a living, helping you that we know have good days and bad days out there, uh, your weekly therapy session. So uh, please uh, subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends, put it up on social media, help us, help us get this to as many sellers as we can, because uh, we have nothing else to gain with this podcast other than just making sure people that sell for a living enjoy the work they do. And so uh, John, thanks again for another great episode of Ales with Aslan. We'll see you next week, everybody.